Those miscreants who are grossly foolish, lowest among mankind, whose knowledge is stolen by illusion and who partake of the atheistic nature of demons, do not surrender unto me. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, I believe it is, it's Pakistan's history, I don't know. says that these verses of Upadesh Amrita were actually spoken by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the beach in Puri and Rupa Goswami. See, I think it's going to write that down. Hmm. Rupa Goswami later committed that to writing. Anyway, directly or indirectly, it's coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is from him comes remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness all inspiration comes from him to do good things or to do bad things to be in Krishna conscious or if we have such a desire to not be in Krishna consciousness he will also help us not to be in Krishna conscious the nectar of instruction is directed toward people who want to be in Krishna consciousness ah there's an often asked question among aspiring devotees that, well, how can we get a taste for the Holy Name? Name Luchi. To have a taste for the Holy Name is considered one of the prime, or is the, one of the prime symptoms of spiritual advancement. What is that? Jive Dvayanyame Ruchi Sarva Dharma The essence of all dharma is sent herein to the mercy to the fallen jivas and to personally have a taste for the holy name. Now why should one not have a taste for the Holy Name? The Holy Name is very sweet. It's uh, compared here to sugar candy. Often in giving the example of dharma, meaning the inherent quality of something, we give the example of sugar. Just like Something which is not sweet cannot be sugar. Or that which is not liquid cannot be water. So that which is not service cannot be dharma. Dharma means the intrinsic quality of any object or any entity. So the dharma of sugar is to be sweet, but as mentioned here in this verse, persons who are afflicted by jaundice, their tongue tastes sugar candy as bitter. It doesn't taste sweet, so it's an unnatural condition. However, one can uh, rectify the condition of jaundice by regularly taking sugar candy. Even though it tastes bitter, it is in the disease state, in the disease state of jaundice, even though sugar candy tastes bitter, by continually, continually taking it, then gradually the disease will be cured and one will taste sugar candy sweet. So in the same way, one who adurad anudiram kalusayva jushka Those who daily or continuously chant the holy names of Krishna They may, in the disease state, they'll think, oh, not very nice, I have to chant So one may do so out of a sense of duty but by chanting, going on chanting and chanting and chanting, gradually the effect of the Holy Name would be that one, uh, the heart is cleansed 
by the process of Sankirtan, and one comes to relish that chanting. The word used here is Adara, Kindvadara. This uh, adjective which describes how we should take the holy name of Krishna. Now, uh, here, Adara, Srila Prabhupada has translated this as carefully, carefully chanting the holy name. Adara means careful. The more common meaning is respect. We have the English word adore. You know that English word? Adore. Adoration. Which was, uh, as, as far as I understand it, was originally a religious term. That we adore God. But nowadays it's also used in a secular sense. That I adore such and such a film star. I adore chocolate, vanilla, ice cream. And the word is used in the sense of a strong sense of liking. But the original sense was one of profound respect and uh, particularly toward God as he's known in English or in Sanskrit on Krishna. So, Adara means with great respect and reverence. Now, uh, the particular grammatical usage is Adarat. Uh, usually we would speak, we might speak of chanting the holy names with great respect, worshipping Krishna with great respect. That sounds like normal English, doesn't it? But the uh, particular grammatical form is here from respect, or derived from. So there's a difference between worshipping or chanting with respect and chanting that is born out of a sense of great respect. There's a subtle difference there. That if one has the idea to chant, and then you think, okay, let me chant, and then let me chant respectfully. But another, round the other way, is that one, because one has great respect for the holy name of Krishna, one has great respect for the order of the gurus and the shastra to chant the holy names of Krishna. Therefore, out of that sense of respect, one chants. So there's a difference. And, oh, let me chant? All right, I'll chant respectfully. The thought of chanting comes first. But around the other way is that because we hear about the glories of the holy name from great devotees and therefore with great respect toward the great devotees and their instructions and great respect toward the holy name, we chant the holy name. So this is also another way to... Uh, another uh, bona fide way to translate this. Uh, both meanings can be accepted. But one should chant carefully the holy names of Krishna daily and doing so will lead us to the stage where we actually relish the holy name. It's not just whew, to chant 16 rounds. Okay, let me get it over as soon as possible. That is not a good attitude to what chanting. But, uh, if one is in the pure state, then one relishes the chanting. But if one realizes, well, I'm not in the pure state, I want to become to the pure state, then one should chant, Adharat, which means born from a sense of adharam. So that can mean, uh, as Srila Prabhupada is translated, one should chant very carefully, or one should chant from a sense of great respect 
And of course, if one chants, if one's chanting is born from a sense of great respect, then uh, naturally one will chant carefully. Just like when one goes into the presence of someone much superior to oneself, then the tendency is to enter with great respect the presence of such a person and to behave very carefully in that person's presence. One doesn't feel so relaxed. Just like Arjuna, obviously in the universal form of Krishna, he lamented. Sakheti Madhvara Sadhanga Duktam He Krishna, He Yagata, He Sakheti That Krishna, I behave very familiarly with you Rabhasam, out of impudence Born of, or presumptuousness Born out of over-familiarity I did not realize how great you were. So if we realize how great Krishna is and how great his name is, then we'll be very careful in the way we chant and we shall do so with great respect. Now, this understanding puts to rest or refutes the idea that, well, you just chant, just chant. There are no rules and regulations for chanting, just chant. But there is a difference between chanting with care and respect and chanting neglectfully. Chanting with care and respect means uh, attempting to be free from the Dasha Vidhanama Aparada, the ten offenses against the Holy And chanting uh, the opposite of respectfully and carefully is neglectfully and carelessly. And if we chant in such a way, we cannot expect to get the same result of one who chants very carefully and respectfully. So, the, the sense of respect that one has for the holy name of Krishna, who is non different from Krishna, that will arise by regularly hearing about Krishna and the glories of Krishna. That's why it's essential, as well as chanting the holy names of Krishna, to regularly hear about Krishna from, the, from Guru Sadhu and Shastra. And in this way to understand how great is Krishna, how great is his holy name, and how insignificant am I, and how great is Krishna's mercy that he's given me the opportunity, who I'm so insignificant, the opportunity to chant his holy name. And in this way become purified and go to Krishna. This is Krishna's great mercy. Who is it? We're not qualified, but nevertheless, Krishna has come as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prima Pradayati. Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is offered respect as the most munificent of all incarnations, of all avatars, because he freely gives what was not freely given by any avatar of the avatar, which is love of Krishna. And he particularly does that through the distribution of the holy names. But, as stated here, uh, one should chant carefully and respectfully to quickly achieve the desired success. Otherwise, uh, if one doesn't chant with care, uh, then the tendency to misunderstand and misinterpret will overrun our consciousness. And instead of praying to Krishna for divine service at his lotus feet, 
then we will misinterpret the name of Krishna in so many ways. So one should chant only for the sake of attaining pure devotion. It is possible to chant the holy name of Krishna neglectfully, jokingly, what is that, stoga, hela, oh, I don't remember. Uh, there are four kinds of namabhas, or sankhit is another one. Stoga, hela, sankhit, parihasa, the fourth one. So this, uh, there are four types of namabhas, or Abhas means uh, a resemblance. It's not the real thing. But Namabhas means that not really chanting, but something like that. So in Namabhas, one may also chant the holy name. And the sound may be very clear. Krishna, Rama, so the, the sound is very clear, but that's not considered pure worship of the holy name. One may uh, chant the holy name uh, to indicate something else, or one may chant the holy name neglectfully, jokingly, or even to glorify others. Someone's name might be Mohandas M. Kagan. So in the course of we may praise, oh, Mohandas is a great person. So many Indian politicians and names of Christians. P.B. Narasim Rao and Lal Krishna Advani. They never say Love Krishna. They always say LK. They're envious. They don't want to say the name of Krishna. They deliberately avoid it. Traditionally in Indian culture, the names of Krishna were given. Yesterday someone came to given to the young boys. Yesterday someone came to make his his brother who lives he's from Tamil Nadu, but presently living in Sukhundrabad, his brother is initiated by me. His name at home was Gopinath. So I asked this boy, what's your name? Janana. So like this, they're giving names of Krishna at home. But nowadays, no. not much. They'll give different names. All kinds. Rahul, Sanjay, Rakesh. These names also have some religious significance. Rakesh means the, uh, the husband of the full moon. Or Sanjay, the complete victory. Of course, that's also a name for Krishna. Actually, all names are names for Krishna. Rahu, I guess that means reddish. But uh, all names are names for Krishna, but some names are very direct names. Krishna, Gopinath, Govinda, Gopal, Keshava, Giridhani, Narayana, Madhusudana, these are all direct and well-known names of Krishna. Probably if we tell someone uh, they're thinking to give their son the name Sanjay, if you say it's the name of Krishna, then they'll decide on something else. Because they want to, they want to avoid that. So uh, even if one calls out the name of Krishna, to indicate something else. That also uh, is one kind of chanting the holy name. Just like in a newspaper in Bangladesh once they saw the headline. In the headline it's written Krishna Divas. The divas means day. And I was thinking, what's that? In the Muslim country they're putting Krishna Divas. It's not Janmashtami. What is what's going on? Then it meant a black day or a bad day, something very bad had happened. Or there's mentioned in Shastra also, 
It's mentioned in Manu Sanghita that one should live in a place where the Krishna Mriga runs. Krishna Mriga means the black deer. So Krishna also means black. Now we're in Gora Paksha, Krishna Paksha, well, Gorya Paksha. The dark phase of the moon is called Krishna Paksha. But that we find in Bhagavad Gita also. Krishna Paksha. Here Krishna doesn't mean the Supreme Personality of God. It means the, the dark phase of the moon. So, like that, one can say the name Krishna to mean something else. Still one gets the, some benefit, but not the full benefit. Or another example, in the, in the Western world, sometimes the cinema, they give some fancy name, Sinaram. Did you hear the last two syllables? Ram, Sinaram. Or the laundromat, where people go to wash their clothes with machines that may be called the laundromat. Or there's an English word, panorama. You know that word, panorama? It means if you have a very wide view of something. Just like if you're looking from a hill, you can see over a wide area if the day is clear. Vista is another word which means more or less the same as panorama. So it so many people they may say panorama, they, they, they may have never heard of Rama. Ragupati Radhava Raja Rama. They may have never heard of it. But still they get some benefit by chanting Rama. Or even if one chants one syllable in one sentence or in one word and then a little later chants another syllable. There's some example that's given. It's called Devadhan. That means there's some separation. Let me try and think of something. Rahul Kinata. That's in Hindi. So we have Ra Ma. They're not saying anything about Rama, but still the two syllables come. There's something in between, but Ra and Ma come. And then someone may not be thinking about anything whatsoever about Rama. Generally, if you say something like that, Rabu ki Mata, you're not going to be thinking of Rama. But still, the benefit is that Krishna is so kind to give that. But, that will give some benefit. This Nama Bhas of some indirect chanting or resemblance of chanting, that can free one from all sins. But it won't award love of Krishna. To attain love of Krishna, one has to chant Adharadhanadinam Kabhusayana Jushna. Swadvi Kramad Abhati Tadgadamulaham 3. One has to chant regularly in a fixed way with Adam, which means carefully, with great care and attention, and out of a sense of great respect. So, that respect for Krishna and his holy name and the process of chanting will come by regularly hearing about Krishna. So hearing about Krishna is essential for attaining pure devotion. Sometimes devotees say, well you only have to chant, you don't have to do anything else. That's true. Haram Nama, Haram Nama, Haram Nama, Ibukhivalam, Kalona, Asjivana, 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 There is no other way in this Kali Yoga for attaining ultimate success but to chant the names of Hari. But that chanting, that has to be offenseless chanting. 
offensive chanting means that yeah, aparada yukta. There's niraparada, offenseless, and aparada yukta, offensive chanting. So if we see the ten offenses against the holy name, they mostly center around a misunderstanding. To blaspheme sadhus. That means we don't understand the, the real nature of a sadhu. To consider demigods equal to or independent of God Vishnu. To misinterpret the holy names. To blaspheme the Vedic literatures. This all comes about due to misunderstanding. Tatvagyan. Bhagavad Tatvagyan. So one has to hear very carefully. And then one's respect for Krishna, understanding him to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that will arise. And understanding that Krishna is supreme, I am his servant. Krishna has very kindly given us this process of chanting so that we may come to him. With this understanding, one will feel impelled, one will desire to chant the holy names. So one can chant anyway, and there will be some benefit. The real benefit accrues to those who hear very carefully. We see that in his preaching, Srila Prabhupada always encouraged people to chant the Holy Ghost, especially when he was at Rathiyatras, some big public festival, he encouraged everyone to chant. But in his individual preaching, when he met people and spoke with them, Srila Prabhupada, you won't find much that Prabhupada asked the reading to chant. He didn't tell them, okay, take beads, now chant one round, two rounds. He first of all try to make them understand who we are, especially if you're not the body, or various points. Srila Prabhupada would speak with them. In India, he often spoke against Mayava, against people's misunderstandings. So, Srila Prabhupada, like this, he didn't uh, usually get people to chant without getting them to understand something. The idea to chant regularly with beads, first of all, Srila Prabhupada would try to get them to understand something rather than just give them beads to chant on without any understanding. That's not to say that that can be done, that cannot be done, but at least Srila Prabhupada wanted to see that uh, his endeavor was more to instill, first of all, a sense of ardor or respect and understanding from which chanting comes. That chanting would be more beneficial than the kind of chanting that comes out of, uh, well, who knows why people chant. <laughs> Generally, people don't understand the teachings of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam to live it in a pure parampara, and then they'll be full of so many misunderstandings. Recently, I was told that uh, one devotee was preaching that, well, we should we should get people to chant anyhow. You see, in one, he said that in one place, there were people who were telling them that if you chant, you'll get over all your problems, your financial problems will be solved, and health problems will be solved. And he said that you should see the way that people took it up so enthusiastically. So enthusiastically they were chanting, more than our own devotees. So he was recommending that we should, we should promote this kind of chanting. We should encourage people, yes, we chant Hare Krishna, and then Kondanega Kropat, that program started again in North India, Hindi language. Yes, you can be a Kropat and you chant Hare Krishna. Uh, see, all your family problems will be solved, promised like this. 
there's a problem with trying to encourage people like that. One thing is that, uh, well, what, what will be the result of doing that? One result is that, well, maybe all the family problems will be overcome, they'll become a property, and they'll have great faith but for the wrong reason. So it's actually encouraging offensive chanting to think I will get some material benefit for Krishna, from Krishna. When I pass school, Krishna has to come and wipe my backside. This kind of, this kind of mentality. Then, uh, another thing which is probably more likely, that their health won't get better, they won't become a property, their family problems will continue, because that is the nature of this material world. And then, people will think, hey, what's this? This is useless, Chantai Better I'll go to Sai Baba instead of Seems to, Sai Baba seems to work better. So, by encouraging people in a materialistic mentality, they will uh, never come to the stage of Adurad Anudinam. Very respectfully and carefully chanting the names of Krishna day after day. They may develop some superficial respect for the name of Krishna. But that's not a very real or very deep respect. Just like um, people respect someone who's rich, but if they lose all their money, then they don't respect them anymore. The respect is conditional. Srila Prabhupada told the story, there was one very rich man who used to, in Calcutta, who used to live a very wanton lifestyle. He gave his old lavish parties and spend his, spending like water, as the saying goes. And uh, within time all his money was finished. And then all the big rich people who he, he used to mix with, they didn't care for him at all. And then one day in the rain, severe rain, one of his old acquaintances saw him walking in the street. And this acquaintance thought, you see, he was such a big man, such a generous man, now he's walking like an ordinary man, so he arranged, uh, he arranged that this formerly rich man, he arranged some carriage, those are the days of horses and carriages, to take him back to his residence. So that man who was formerly rich said to the man who had helped him in this circumstance, he said that you have the, uh, the heart of a Bengali mother and the courage of an Englishman. I guess you have to be courageous to help a poor man because it's socially irrespectable. So that was recorded by the uh, first English writing poet of Bengal called Michael Madhusudan Dutta. And Srila Prabhupada quoted that when he spoke to Prabhupada Swami and asked him to, or when Prabhupada Swami asked for blessings to preach in Bangladesh, so Prabhupada quoted this. You should preach with the courage of an English man and the heart of a Bengali man. So the, the point that people, they don't respect <coughs> others unconditionally. He's rich, respect him. Now he's poor, don't give a damn. You see, the, the Prime Minister, formerly, former Prime Minister, this Vajpayee, his name was on the front page of the newspaper every day. Now you can go for a month and hardly find his name in the newspaper at all. It was, the respect that was offered to him was conditional to his position, which he lost. But Krishna never loses his position. And Krishna is always in a position many millions of times greater than many millions of Vajpans. So that Krishna is to be always respected 
if that we can understand by studying Shastra. Whether he gives us millions of dollars and solves our medical problems or not, Krishna is always to be respected. <coughs> we can understand by hearing the glories of Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada made this morning program of hearing and chanting about Krishna, chanting the names of Krishna, worshipping Krishna with great respect. We worship Krishna, the deities in the mood of, though they may be Radha Krishna deities, we worship them in the mood of Lakshmi Narayana with great respect. Uh, and then we hear from Srimad Bhagavatam. This morning I'm reading from the lecture of instruction, generally read from Srimad Bhagavatam about the glories of Krishna by which we become more and more convinced to uh, worship Krishna and chant his holy names born out of a sense of profound respect for him. Uh, Hare Krishna, is there any question about this place? Is there anything, yeah, but any question about the class first? Otherwise, there can be questions, and millions of questions. These uh, calendars, can we get the calendars? I didn't want to distribute yesterday because there are so many people that I can distribute something. Yeah, any questions pertaining to the class, please? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to say that. It's become a standard formality for someone to say thank you. It's all right. You don't have to say thank you every time. Yeah. Then? Uh, I mentioned about that uh, sometimes devotees encourage people in a materialistic way to chant openly names. Sometimes devotees encourage others to chant in a, with a materialistic mentality. Well, I mentioned that there was a case of one devotee addressed a group we organized one camp and one devotee had addressed, we invited him to address, and he said this. But that's not standard, it's not proper. Even though he was a leader of Islam, then at the, at the end our devotees asked, they challenged them by questioning, they, they expressed their uh, dissatisfaction with that proposal. Because our acharyas had never taught that. In fact, uh, there was a time in 1976 or 1977 when several issues of Back to Godhead magazine they, they wanted to present Krishna consciousness in a roundabout way. They didn't show. It was standard in Back to Godhead to have photos of devotees chanting and dancing, shaved heads and dhotis and women in saris. Uh, but, in, but they changed all that and they tried to make a kind of roundabout, not very direct presentation with the idea that, well, we'll just kind of gradually introduce people to Krishna consciousness. And at the front, or very near the front, they had pictures of people in secular life dressed in not these kind of clothes, not which we call devotional clothing, dressed in you know, jeans and t-shirts, you know, respectable people, but people from what we might call the ordinary walks of life. So they'd have, they'd have a photo of someone and then a little caption underneath, something like this, that, uh, that Mark Wilson, 29 is his age. Kansas City. Printer. Mark 
Mark Wilson, printer, 29, Kansas City. That would be bold, and there would be a colon, and he said that uh, in my profession, like many others, there's a lot of stress, but since I just started chanting Hare Krishna, I get through all my days without too many problems. And then something like... Uh, Mary Pimlico, company secretary, 41, New York City. And then colon, and then something. I have to admit that things were getting too much for me, and I almost cracked up. But then I started chanting Hare Krishna, and now every day is better and better for me something like that. And then someone else, student, ever since I've been chanting Hare Krishna, I find that it's so much easier to remember my course material like this. And some of the devotees were just, they thought, this is a bit funny. It doesn't seem like what Prabhupada taught us. And they showed this to Prabhupada. He changed the whole Bhakti Godhead stuff. He, he, he sacked the whole stuff. Which included Rameshwa, his big name, but he was, this is Rameshwa's idea. He was a big, big name in Iskram when Prabhupada was present. So Prabhupada threw him right up and changed the whole stuff. And said, get it back to what it should be. Just present. He said that we should present Krishna consciousness. We should present, that we chant Hare Krishna to get love of God. That's all. Don't present these material benefits. He didn't like this roundabout, indirect way of preaching. Just, pre Prabhupada wanted us to preach the way he preached, which was from Shastra. And of course many people in the West, they won't accept Shastra directly, but he would present Shastric topics in... Uh, in a manner that even people who don't have faith in Shastra can accept. As I often mention, Srila Prabhupada's basic preaching all over the world, and especially in the Western countries, was on two points. First of all, that we're not the body, which can be established even without Shastra. And second point, that we are all controlled. No one wants to die, we are forced to die. No one wants to get sick, we are forced to get sick. Therefore we should accept there's a supreme control. So Prabhupada talked about other things also. Vanashram, Prabhupada said, this is not an Indian concept. Or it, it's there in every society, everywhere there are intellectuals, uh, rulers, mercantile people and general helpers. So Prabhupada said that's there everywhere, but it should be set up in a scientific manner. So like this, Prabhupada was not a great proponent of indirect preaching. He did found B.I., Bhaktivedanta Institute. Uh, he didn't say to preach, he said you, you can preach in uh, suits, and ties, but with tila, Vaishnava tila. And he said to present the message of Shastra, but in scientific terms, that the people, the scientists can relate to. So, anything else? What's that? Akama sarva kama va moksha kama udara dhiti vrena bhakti yoga well-known verse that whether one has all desires, no desires or the desires of liberation, one should uh, very intensely worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, so even if one has desires, one should very strongly worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yes, so? They means persons. If you have all desires, you should worship the Supreme. Yeah, but the word is there, Tivrena Bhakti Yoga. One should, by very assiduous practice of Bhakti Yoga, worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
So in bhakti yoga, there's no scope for cultivating material desire. It's like Dhruva Maharaj, he had a strong material desire. But while he was doing the sadhana, he put that on the side and performed strong He practiced bhakti yoga very seriously. So, uh, yeah, that's a kind of a trick, isn't it? That you may have a mature desire, but that will be fulfilled by very assiduous practice of Krishna consciousness. So, we may say, all right, you have material desires, come to Krishna consciousness. But then, uh, if one is actually following the process, then he won't say that, well, I was having so much stress and now I'm relieved by chanting Hare Krishna, so I have so much... He may say, I was in the category, Chatur Vidha Vajantema Janasukriti Norjana Artho Jinyasur Artharti Gyani Chakartashaka the four kinds of pious people take up the worship of Krishna. But the actual result, one comes with material distress, but one comes out as a pure devotee. That's the idea. Anyone may come, but it's not that we encourage such desires. Yes, yes, you have your material desire. Come and chant Hare Krishna. You will be relieved. We don't see that we don't see that any of our acharyas they preach on this basis. We don't see that Brahma, Narad, Vyas. Well, actually, Vyas did, but then he was chastised by Narad. Jugupsita, Dharma Krita. In the name of Dharma, you have promoted materialism, and that's terrible, abominable. He was very severely chastised by Narad. So the idea is that one may have whatever condition one may be in, one should take to Krishna consciousness. It doesn't doesn't say that if you have all desires, come to get your desires fulfilled. It doesn't say that. It says whatever condition one may be in, one should take up Krishna consciousness. So one has to, again, one has to understand through the context of the way our acharyas have taught. You have all material desires, come to Krishna, you'll be fully satisfied. But we don't say that your desires will be fulfilled. If we take to bhakti yoga, the beginning of teaching bhakti yoga is that all material desires are useless anyway. This material world is full of suffering. So, Where's the scope? It's for teaching to perform material desires. There is no, there's no, there's no bhakti yoga. Cannot be bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga is, there's no scope for indulging in material, materialistic people. 